Nah, Higgins on the extended bench, man. Yeah. No, wait, what? Oh, he is. So he's not even probably going to get a game. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with Chizo. On a week where Sicily once again stepped on the calves of our Supercoach teams, I'm on once again with JB. How are you going, champion? <laughs> good start there with Sicily, Sicily puns. I assume we'll be pumping them out on podcasts. It's good to be on. Look, it's, uh, it's something that I'd like to cover off early because uh, with the likes uh, of so many people out in my forward line, he's lucky that he's not getting the chop this week. Um, mate, how are you pulling up after a, a, a really short turnaround? And we uh, you know, only had Anzac Day yesterday. Uh, have you had enough time to consider all the things that you need to think about for your Supercoach side this week? No, not even nearly enough time. It actually feels like Monday. And it's like we start considering injury reports come out soon and... You know, suspensions are still rolling out and what's happening with the MRP. And it's it's already Friday. It's just come around. So I didn't even think about it. Today I was I was talking about what trades I'm going to make. And I'm like, oh man, I really want to know if Higgins is named. I really want to know if like Giles Langdon comes in. I was like, so I won't be able to make trades for, you know, three or four days. And it's like, wait, it's Thursday. Teams come out tonight. It's just been such a, a freakish week of football in almost every regard. I'm not ready, Chizo. Look, it's it's really good that you mentioned Higgins because obviously during the week, Pistol and Nicey were a little bit torn on whether the Higgins tax for you know the Donate for Donuts Cancer Council fund that we've got going, JB, every time Higgins goes under 100 in Supercoach, you have to donate a certain amount to the Cancer Council. I understand that it's up to me to decide whether you have to donate. Yeah, so they couldn't give the ruling vote to me, obviously. I'd be a bit biased, so it's on to you, Chizo, so... <laughs> Please be kind or be kind to the Cancer Council. It's up to you. Look, I think I'm going to be kind to the Cancer Council, unfortunately, JB, because it's not like he was a laid out. He took the field. He was there for half a game. And look, if he just had situational aware- awareness, maybe with some peripheral vision, it would ha- wouldn't have happened. So, uh, hold up, hold up. Maybe I'll I- pay the money, but don't pay out <laughs> Higgins himself. Come on. <laughs> Look, uh, we know you're a long-time lover of Higgins, as I am with Darcy Parrish. It's a little back and forth that we have, but uh, luckily for me, I pick someone. Uh, I pick donate for donuts, and so if I structure my side well, I don't have to worry about donating in 2018 anymore, JB. So uh, consider consider it's your fault that you picked Higgins. You could have picked anyone. You could have picked Fife for argument's sake, and then you would have been a little bit safer like Nicey. Uh, <laughs> mate, we might as well jump straight into the uh, uh, the teams that have just been released. We've got a, a whole heap of changes that we need to worry about. I'll jump into Western Bulldogs and Carlton to start us off. Hayden Crozier, Bailey Williams, and Lockie Hunter, the Seagull, coming back in. Out goes Lucas Webb, omitted. Mitch Honeychurch, omitted, which I actually thought he, he did quite well last week, and Tory Dixon, injured. On the uh, Carlton side of things, some good young ends, Caleb Marchbank and Matthew Kennedy, always injured those two. Lucky to see him back. 
but impacting our supercoach sides, Jared Gartlett out after his spectacular five-possession performance where I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was trying to, uh, I don't know if you remember Tommy Walsh from the uh, the, uh, the Swans back in the day. Um, I think he was just trying to see how far into the negatives he could get before he started scoring for us. It was almost like he was trying to go backwards. So um, it, it's hard when your, your team would literally be better off if you didn't play. That, that, that that's a hard thing. Like it's statistically proven, you should not have been there, and so it's it's not surprising that he's in the VFL this week. Uh, Jed Lamb also omitted. In comes uh, Matt Shaw and Kim LeBoy onto the uh, emergencies as well, where Jared Gartlett sits as first emergency mate. This is probably a, the best Friday night clash we've had with Carlton in there because they might be able to put up a fight against the doggies, who are equally as bad lately. Yeah, and as we see, Garlett, the uh, not the only interesting omission here with Mitch Honeychurch going out. Western Bulldogs designated, uh, designated tagger, obviously, so won't be going to Crips. And that might mean he uh, he sets loose a little bit there, Cheezo. Good for those who have Crips. He could be in for a good vice-captaincy score. Yeah, absolutely right there, mate. The... Uh... Your boy Toby McLean, he seems to uh, had a bit of a down week last night. Uh, did you, uh, did you kind of get in contact with him and break the the weekend down and try and figure out what was up? Because you know you can't be happy with a seventy two when he's uh, you've been pumping up as a one hundred and ten average all, all preseason. <laughs> well, it's strange. The Bulldogs actually named him as their man of the match. Uh, he had good statistics. He obviously wasn't hitting too many chests for the old super coach points, but. I think it's one he'll bounce back from. And I was I was calling out, I was out for blood after the game, asking all the Twitters, Twitter followers who, who mucked him up for me, who traded him in this week and, and decided to stuff up his average. But nah, it should be all good. He played a good game, uh, not super coach uh, related good game, but a good game for the Bulldogs. And hopefully he bounces back with a big score this week against Carlton. So I expect at least 17 goals, maybe 30-odd possessions. <laughs> and the battle within the battle is obviously Tim English up against Andrew Phillips. That's going to be a battle for the ages. Hey, mate, take us through the clash, uh, the Cats and the Swans. That's going to be a ripper. Yes, this one actually will be a good game. Probably should have switched spots with the, the game preceding it. And this one has Tom Hawkins and Corey Gregson in for Dan Menzel and Jackson Thurlow. And then we have on the Sydney side, Robbie Fox, Dan Robinson and Ben Ronk coming in for Hanabry. Franklin and Dean Towers, so some huge outs for Sydney there. Dan Hannabury can't catch a break. Well, did catch a break, but Lance <laughs> Franklin's the most important one for our Supercoach sides here. Hill soreness. Hill, Hill bruising, I think, is the official uh, complaint that he's dealing with, and they think it's from the, the Optus Stadium deck, so I'm not quite sure how much investigation has gone into this one, but definitely, definitely hurting our Supercoach sides, and he could be out for up to a month, Chizo. This is massive news for the what I found out to be 30-plus percent of teams that have him at the moment. Yeah, you were a little bit surprised. You were like, oh, Franklin's such a good POD this year. And <laughs> it's like 33% in own. I had no own. idea. <laughs> Literally in more teams than Paddy Dangerfield right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so supposedly been carrying it since um, since round one when he put up that 170-odd. So heel bruising is a is a stupid thing to deal with because you're walking on it all day and the only way to let it rest is to not walk on it. it's kind of like um plantar fasciitis and then if you're not walking on it you're not running on it you're losing conditioning and you're not up for the next game once you do heal so it's, it's one of those frustrating ongoing things that we we could see him in and out a little bit um Obviously, uh, Ben Ronke coming in for his debut game. Uh, last last time he played uh, against the uh, Brizzy Lions reserves, 
Uh, 18 touches, 10 tackles, two goals. So he's kind of one of those uh, typical Sydney pressure forwards that like to tackle and uh, and and pressure the ball carrier and things like that. So it's not to be unexpected from a Sydney Swans kind of player. Kind of like a, a Tom Papley, um, I guess, without the goal celebrations yet. We haven't seen those. So uh, that's what I'm kind of expecting from, uh, from here at this stage. It's going to be an interesting game. Both teams have a lot of outs. I've got to be honest, I'm kind of surprised to see Scotty Selwood uh, named on a wing after that uh, hit he got from your mate, Lindsay Thomas. Um, you were pretty pretty happy when you, you guys picked him up in the uh, the preseason, uh, in the draft there, mate. You were really, really happy. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> I was very upset at our decision-making. And it's, uh, well, he, he probably won't play again, so I'm, I'm not too upset right now, but it was not a good call. Look, the thing that, that I see with it with uh, old Lindsay is that, you know, he's, he's on his last legs. He, he's probably never going to play another season after this season. He's just got to take as many as he can with him. I think he's, uh, that's his prerogative right now. So um, there's a few country leagues going around that I, uh, that I can attest to, um, particularly in Townsville, you've got your snipers and things like that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's not to be unexpected, but it's just not something we're used to seeing in the in the uh the afl mate um it's going to be interesting to see if heaney can uh, keep it up named as the full forward uh probably going to be spending a little bit more time in the forward line there jb how do you see his game unfolding against the cats yeah that's a great question chizo i didn't actually think too hard about that with franklin going out heaney will be spending a lot more time up forward and against someone like geelong he'll either go big or he'll go home so uh, the type of player, obviously, as we saw uh, last week, that can impact a match uh, by himself. Should have had 140-plus on the board, but missed a couple of late shots on goal. He's the type of class player that I assume will bounce back from that. And if he gets the right amount of shots on goal against Geelong and, and puts him away, then he could be in for a big round, or they could really sit someone on him and, and try and just nullify him being uh, probably their most dangerous forward at the at the given stage, considering Buddy's not playing. Um, the next game, Chizo, is a game that Lindsay Thomas actually would have liked to have played, <laughs> and he, he just rubbed himself out for four weeks. So we've got Davies Uniac coming in for, uh, it's, it's just kind of sad. <laughs> and then Don Barry and Aidan Johnson coming in for Hartlett, which is a very sad story, and Lindsay Thomas, who, um, as we spoke about, got... Uh, Dropped, not suspended. Actually <laughs> dropped. Um, so talk us through these ones, Shizo. Yeah, obviously Higgins is going to be out for a, a little while after nearly getting decapitated. Good to see the LDU's back after resting those legs a little bit. Uh, he's obviously got to do a lot of work through that North Melbourne side, who are, I guess you could say, performing better than expected. So um, still a lot of weight on his shoulders to try and uh, prove his expectations for the pick he was taking at. Don Barry coming in, which is, is great for a lot of us. Um, I know there's, uh, particularly I've kept him at M11, just hoping he would come back, not seeing anyone that I could immediately trade him down to, not making any money off him. Yeah, the, the story about Hamish Hartlett, his ACL, was pretty tragic. We are seeing a lot of ACLs in the game these days, and they're, they're never fun, so... Uh, we w- wish uh, Hamish the best with his recovery. Uh, obviously, in this game, um, it, it's going to be interesting for me who Ben Jacobs goes to because there's a lot of talk that um, you know he wasn't going to tag Titch. He was going to go to Jaeger. He was going to go to Isaac Smith. He was going to go to Liam Shields. And then, obviously, he went and shut down Titch on the day. Um, I, I think that potentially Robbie Gray's a little bit too dynamic here, JB, to sit someone on. He can go forward and be so dynamic that you can't put a tagger on him, and he only needs five minutes in the midfield to you know damage damage a game and break it open. Yeah, and there has been a lot of discussion about this, and if I'm completely honest, what I would 
expect from North Melbourne, having obviously seen Port games very closely, is Ben Jacobs will sit on Robbie Gray when he's in the midfield. And then as soon as Port get clever and chuck him up forward, they'll have a different assignment for him. And uh, Jacobs will move to someone like Polak, who has been very damaging with meters gained so far this season. So I assume it'll be a bit of a mix and match, but I think Robbie Gray in the midfield, you just can't go past tagging, considering he's essentially probably one of our only two or three players that can actually dominate a game and get us the victory if if it's a close one. So I, I assume he definitely goes to Robbie, which is why I'm actually not trading him in. I'm, I'm thinking we may be able to get him a little bit cheaper. And uh, just on Hartlett, just real quickly from a Port fan's perspective here, he would have been first in our best and fairest, I think. So very sad to see him go out. He was having a very good year. Yeah, it's, it's not something you usually associate with Hamish Hartley. He's usually... Uh... Uh, letting everyone down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. He's been so far under expectations uh, for such a long time that it was great to see him really piecing it together in his role and, yeah, just not good. Hopefully he bounces back really well. Yeah. Uh, we'll jump into the next game. Obviously, uh, actually, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Goldstein against Howard. A lot of people jumping off Goldstein this week, uh, JB. He's got a friendly ruck role in the next few rounds, particularly this one against the Power. Would you be advising holding or trading for Todd Goldstein at this stage? No, take his double ton against Port Adelaide, I think. We uh, we can't keep a ruckman below 120, so it's yeah, I'd probably keep him this week. And if he doesn't score against Port, then there's no better indicator that you'll ever receive that will advise you to trade him out. So, <laughs> All right, we'll jump into the uh, the Giants versus the Lions. Uh, we've got a few debuts on either side. Nick Shipley debuting for the Giants along with uh, Zach Langdon, which is good for a lot of super coach sides. Uh, Dawson Simpson omitted and Toby Green injured again. You, can, I'm throwing my arms up in disgust here, JB. I can't understand... Toby Green is usually not playing because he's doing a James Sicily punching someone or fly kicking someone in the, the esophagus, and now he's just picking up injuries <laughs> left, right, and center. I just, I've I, I got to say, as a to- someone that started Toby Green, I'm getting so frustrated having him and James Sicily sitting on my bench playing every forward line rookie every week. It's doing my head in. I can't believe you just used esophagus. That's so good. That's such an underrated word. I appreciated that a lot. But yeah, Toby Green, a foot injury. And the best part about this season is GWS have just been so upfront about their injuries, advising us how long they're out for, what's going on, what they're doing on the track. It's been great to see a real breath of fresh air considering we now know nothing about Kelly. We know nothing about Toby Green, just like we didn't the first time. It's just, honestly, they, they are doing my head in this year with their just lack of communication to the public. I, I've got no idea what's happening with any of their injured players. And it's it's so impossible because I want to trade out Toby Green. If he's going to keep missing like this, if they advise he might be in and out for a month or two, I would trade him out right now. But we just don't know. If it's one week and he scores 130 next week, we'll just be kicking ourselves. So we have to hold him. It's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating for Supercoach. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Uh, Nick Shipley debuting on a wing by the looks of things. His last game, 25 touches, 13 tackles and a go. Uh, another uh, another attacking wingman that is getting uh, reward for effort and a reward, uh, reward for uh, pressure by the looks of things for the Giants. Uh, on the line side of things, Daniel Rich comes back in along with Oscar McInerney, which is a ruckman. Uh, out goes uh, Luke Hodge, who is rested. Ryan Bastanak, Bastanak is omitted. Uh, Oscar McInerney, 24 hitouts, nine touches in a goal in his last NEFL game. That's surely got to be worrying Stefan Martin owners. 
Well, you're speaking to one right now, and I'm concerned. It's as soon as I saw that in, my heart, my heart dropped, and I was. He's having such a good set. I don't understand the decision. He's having an amazing season. He's racking up disposals at will. He's destroyed almost every ruck matchup he's had except for Max Gorn. And he's just playing out of his skin. And they do the one thing that could nullify him. They're, they're literally shooting themselves in the foot. It's just a very confusing thing. I mean, obviously they want to blood young lads and they know they're not going to have Stefan forever. He's getting on in age a bit. But it's just, it's upsetting. I'm a cheeser. I thought he would go the whole season with being unaffected by another Ruckman. And he, I was not correct. <laughs> it's very, very upsetting. I know even in this day and age where it's all about, you know, speed and forward pressure, there's still a lot of teams that are persisting with two Ruckman. Uh, conversely, on the Giants side of things, they're sending just Jonathan Patton as the sole Ruck into this game. Um, he may get some chop out here and there, um, depending on what they've got rotating at any given time. But by the looks of things, it's going to be Patton versus Steph Martin and McInerney. Um we saw that he came in last week and was uh, ended up being on the extended bench, so they've been in their thoughts for a while. That indicates to me that potentially this could be an in-out thing over the course of the season. It's something that we really should be worried about, JB. So we've definitely got to keep an eye on, on things like that. Um, we'll jump into uh, the next game here, mate. Obviously, there's uh, not too much to talk about um, on the uh, the... Crows side of things. Uh, David McKay coming in, as along with Matt Crouch. There was a few owners that got stung right at the start of the year when he did his hamstring. Good to see that he's back. Uh, Jake Kelly injured and Kyle Hardingham injured as well. Um, on the Sun side of things, Michael Barlow and Max Spencer. Barlow finally getting his go after racking up 36 touches and 46 touches in consecutive weeks. JB is just absolutely on fire. Um, Michael Riscatelli omitted and Darcy McPherson with that broken leg is obviously uh, injured and omitted as well. There's going to be an interesting game here, JB. I think that the the Suns are consistently getting underrated this year and I really like what's uh, what they're turning into under Stuart Duke. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like Carlton in their first year under Brendan Bolton. As long as you see signs that they're improving, but Gold Coast are doing one better. They're actually getting some early wins on the board, and they're looking very impressive without, obviously, Gary Ablett, who left uh, in the preseason, and no real number one talent. Obviously, you've got Tom Lynch in the forward line, but I'm talking real midfielder that's going to get it out. Jared Lyons is probably their best midfielder at the moment, and He's an incredible young talent, but he's not the type of player that's going to carry them every single game. It's it's good to see them banding together like they are. Uh, Matt Crouch, one that will be very cheap in a couple of weeks when that hamstring score goes out of his uh, three-round average. So it would be good to pick him up when uh, the, the rookies are really getting ripe. And, yeah, Michael Barlow. I can't believe Riscatelli was getting games and Michael Barlow was sitting in the resis racking up 50. So Stuart Drew must have paid a lot of attention to Ross Lyons coaching <laughs> and, and just gone on with it because Barlow can't catch a break. I, I, don't, I don't understand this either because Barlow, when he's out there, is just one of the biggest ball magnets I've, I've seen play football and he just doesn't get games. It's, it baffles me it honestly does I, I just don't get it Chizo. and the thing is that Michael Barlow is a fantastic leader as well I know um, from words I've had with a few of the Resi's boys that they he's just been fantastic for the younger kids in the NEFL as well um, showing them the ropes and you know really including them and helping them improve and things like that so I don't understand why you wouldn't want, want that in your, your AFL side as well so particularly for the, the, the youngish team that they have 
Um, Nick Holman being great, uh, Tom Duday being great again. We've heard a few people um, kind of whispering that they might kind of jump the gun on a couple of rookies just to make sure they get the likes of, say, a Higgins, depending on whether he's playing, or a Guelphie or a Mirror and these kind of guys. I think that they have so much more money still left to be made in them, JB. I think I would be advocating to keep them at the moment. And if another rookie... I, 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 th- I think what we're seeing is there's so many debutants coming through in the, the last few weeks that... By the time they do top out, you're more than likely going to have someone that you can jump on anyway. You shouldn't try and shortchange yourself to trade someone out just to jump on the next guy that may only get two more games. So I think someone like a, a, a Duday and a Holman, which seem to have um, really, really good job security and defined roles and important to the team, I wouldn't be jumping early on either of those, either of those guys at all. No, and I saw a lot of people jump off Holman after that 30, and it's his first bad score of the game, uh, of the sorry, of the year. And, uh, yeah, I can't justify it myself. He's going to put out a couple of 30s. He's a tagger um, that can play as a, a free-roaming player, but predominantly as a tagger. And he's going to get those low scores sometimes. It's just a f- the fact of life at the moment. But he's also going to put out good 70-plus scores and, and continue to just, at the very least, stagnate at a decent 350 sort of price range. And he's the type of player that you don't really have to worry about until you have to worry about him, until like a, a really good rookie pops up or... Or someone like Zach Merritt piques your interest and you decide to trade him in. Now, a question for you, Chizo. Does Holman play loose this game or does he go to someone like Bryce Gibbs, do you think? I think he's more than likely going to be close checking. That's That seems to be where he's playing his best football. We saw the week that he didn't tag was when he put up the 37. So I think they trialed that and it didn't really work out so much. It didn't have much of an impact. So I think it's more than likely he's going to go with someone if it's going to be someone, it's going to be a Bryce Gibbs because we saw him um, not really get tagged but run with last week and it just kind of shut down his effectiveness and I think they might try and do that again. Yeah, definitely. I tend to agree. Bryce Gibbs is a top player that I would trade as uh, I would, yeah, not trade. I would definitely uh, start tagging. So he's been off the train a little bit as well this year. We'll jump into the, the next game, Hawthorne versus St. Kilda and it's Warpool who's coming in for his debut. Sean Bergwin and Will Lankford coming into that side as well. Connor Glass, Liam Shields and the the player on everyone's lips this year, uh, well this year actually, is James Sicily going out with that suspension. And then we've got Jimmy Webster replacing Hunter Clark in that half-back line role. So uh, James Warple, geez, I think you, you know a little bit about this lad and a long overdue debut I think as well. I'm As an Essendon supporter, I'm very disappointed he didn't slip two or three extra spots to get to our first selection at 48, I think we had in the the draft last year. Picked up by the Hawks at last second. Inside midfielder, tough as nails. Last game in the uh, VFL, he played 18 touches, six tackles. He's going to come in for that pressure pressure and tackling ability and that that inside ball winning, whether it be uh, across the hard forward line or or stints through the midfield. So that's going to be his role. He's going to be a fantastic player, and um, uh, that's the role he's going to play. The frustrating thing for me, JB, is Alan Richardson. And I, I'm really hating how he chops and changes these rookies. Like you, <laughs> I've talked to you about it a number of times. He has Hunter Clark in for the first two rounds. Then he drops him for two rounds, but has him as first emergency, so he doesn't play VFL. Then he comes in for one game, then he goes back out again, his first emergency again, not get likely going to be playing VFL again. If you're Hunter Clark, this, this would be driving you nuts. You just want to play consistent football, get some rhythm, whether it's VFL or AFL, you're still in the transition of going against bigger bodies and playing professional league football. It, it can't be just me getting frustrated by this. Like it, the, the Saints are just doing my head in with what they're doing week in, week out. I think 
Nick Caulfield, as well as he's been playing, could probably be out next week just because Alan Richardson changes his mind. Hunter Clark didn't play bad last <laughs> week. It, it, it's just... Uh, I, I, I get frustrated with these kind of things because you see guys that should be getting a go and have the talent to get a go and, you know, they're just sitting on the sidelines, you know, slicing oranges. Uh, oranges. So that, that frustrates me a little bit, uh, JB. But uh, this one's actually going to be a really, really good game. I'm really looking forward to this, um, mainly because I finally get to have a decent captaincy score putting it on top Mitchell because I don't think the Saints have someone that are good enough to run with him uh, like a Ben Jacobs that you know, can shut him down. And I, th- I think he's finally going to, uh, over the last fortnight, kind of break out and have a bit of game. Yeah, and it's like he's been building it up for the last fortnight as well. Didn't get that suspension, which a lot of people thought he would, and he might have a bit of anger to take out on St Kilda's side this week. So, yeah, I think he's a safe uh, vice-captaincy or captaincy option. Uh, you'd be leaving your vice-captaincy a little bit late, but we do know Fife uh, and that Alango loophole play afterwards. So could be a safe vice-captaincy option if you choose to do so. And, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if St Kilda put someone on him because... I mean, they don't, they're not a traditional tagging team, but let's be honest, their traditional ways haven't really been getting them wins this year, so they might change it up a little bit. We'll jump into the next game, and it's Essendon versus Melbourne. Now, a ton of ins and outs for this one. So far for Essendon, we have Laverde, Loyenberger, Ambrose, Kyle Lankford, Kobe Much, or is it Much? Much. I'm not actually sure. <laughs> Jordan Ridley, Ben McNeese, Dylan Clark, and Sean McKernan. All coming in for Essendon, and they've swung the axe a little bit here. Tom Belcham is rested, but we have Hartley, Josh Green, Josh Begley, and David Myers going out. A couple of rests in there, a couple of injuries, and Hartley being the only mission. And for Melbourne, we have Jordan Lewis, Charlie Spargo, Bailey Fritch, and Mitch Hannon, Tom McDonald, Timothy Smith, and Joel Smith all in. No relation to the two Smiths at the end there. And out goes Dean Kent. Christian Petrarca and Billy Stretch. Now, unfortunately for those who have Bailey Fritch, it's a little bit predictable to see who's going to come in, and I'd expect Jordan Lewis, Tom McDonald to be the two obvious ones, and Charlie Spargo's uh, debut has already been announced. So Fritch owners uh, who are trying to avoid that donut in their forward line with all the ins and outs might have to look elsewhere this week, Jesus. Don't tell me that, JB. Don't tell me that. Uh, I've got. I know you're one of them. I apologise, but it's not looking good. I've got Toby Green. I've got to deal with. I've got Jared Gartlett. I've got to deal with. I got Sicily. I've got to deal with. I got Petrarca that I've got to deal with. I just. I'm sick of it. I just. Can he, like there's no I, using two trades. I can't get myself out of it this week if he doesn't play. I'm. <laughs> I'm guaranteed a donut. <laughs> but, I mean, the so, counter counts against you, but. <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm kind of hamstrung on what I've got to do. I think I, I've almost got to pick one of these uh, debuting guys just to fill a gap, but uh, at this stage, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, 24 hours to figure it out, JB. Less than that, so <laughs> I'll let you know when I, uh, I, figure, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, on the Essendon side of things, we'll run through a couple of the guys that could be getting a debut, obviously because we've got uh, extended benches. We're not sure who's going to be getting a run yet uh, with Kobe Much, uh, Jordan Ridley, and Dylan Clark all named on extended benches. Uh, the quick turnaround time from the uh, the Anzac game, even though, uh, even though they're playing on a Sunday, uh, it still does mean that... Um, it's going to be a short week for them, so there's probably going to be a few sore bodies. For 
uh, so we'll run through a couple of the guys. Kobe Much averaging 23 touches and six tackles in the VFL. He's an accumulating midfielder, previous uh, GWS Academy boy. Um, he just knows how to find the pill. He's going to be a gun in future years, so he's going to debut in 2018 at some point. Uh, Jordan Ridley averaging 18 touches. He's not really building the door down, but he, he probably will get a game towards the back end of the year. I'm not expecting him to come in this week. But Dylan Clark's the one that we do need to talk about on the Essendon side of things. He's just absolutely going bananas in the VFL. Averaging 32 touches and 11 tackles in the VFL this season. He's the top of the leaderboard for touches and and, uh, dream team points across the board. Um, In the VFL, um, in the games that he's playing, he's always right at the top of the leaderboard. He's just going absolutely nuts. He had a 35-touch and 15-tackle game, JB. Like, you don't do that without talent. And the thing is that um, when he was a, a junior, he was in the top 20 for the champion data-ranked uh, players based on their performance. Uh, the only problem was, and the reason that he slipped down towards the pick 60s, is because he kicks it like a fridge, mate. That's the that's the problem. So he's probably going he's probably <laughs> going to get a uh, a berth this week. I'm expecting that he he uh, probably will get a debut game, especially if uh, Wusha does swing the axe, but. He's someone that in a couple of weeks we could be uh, getting a really, really cheap rookie that's averaging fantastically for us. On the uh, the Melbourne side of things, Charlie Spargo averaging two goals and 18 touches in the VFL. That's really all you should expect. He's another one with great talent and uh, good pedigree. So he's going to be uh, hopefully getting a few games with someone that we can uh, look at in a few weeks' time. The only problem is that he's probably someone that's keeping out Bailey Fritch playing in a similar role that Bailey was uh, to begin with, JB. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. Um, we've got Wiedemann in playing well as well, so it's it's just not looking great for Fritchie, I don't think. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that definitely. Um, I guess the only thing I really want to touch on this week is we're seeing a lot of people trading Michael Hibbard to David Mirror. In my mind, I can't bring myself to do something like that. What's your what's your opinion on it? Well, I'm still holding Hibbard. Um, but even if I wasn't, I'd be trading him to a premium. So those that are going for ranking, uh, this applies to mostly because if you're going for league, you can sort of just take an L and move on. But those going for ranking, it's a big deal uh, compromising your premium structure. And although it's only one week, going down to a rookie for that one week could cost you 30, 40, 50, 60 points. So it's just something that, although his price makes it very awkward, I'd be holding on to Hibbard unless you could really just upgrade him and, and just go bang straight away. So um, he's the type of player that I'll be holding until he's by. If you could name me the top six defenders right now, Chizo, I'd trade him to one of those. But it's it's difficult naming that sixth defender. It's going to be one of <laughs> Savage or Howe or or someone like that. If if Hibbard has a good month, he could pop back in there. So we just we don't know. So. Um, it's going to be difficult, Chiso. And you're you're laughing. Can you name the top six defenders? <laughs> no, or what, that's that's what I was laughing at. I, I was almost a relief. I thought you were going to ask me to name the top six defenders. I was no. like, oh, I was just starting to panic. I was clicking tabs. No, I was too t- difficult. typing away. That's my I was point. just like, it's I've so got difficult. no clue, JV. You've totally dumped me in the defense. So, uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, if you and then uh, you hear people saying like, oh, Sicily's a, a top three defender or a top three forward, and it's like, well. You know, if he's playing, he probably is, but he's not playing, so you can't consider him as that. So um, there's been a few discussions on Twitter where that I found that interesting. Um, Matt Guelphie here, JB, uh, on the bubble this week, I'm probably going to be forced to bring him in because he's uh, uh, 
uh, I'm having so many forward line issues, particularly with rookies and things like that. He actually looked really good of all the players on uh, Anzac Day that really disappointed me. Um, he was one that I could watch that game and you know be really happy with his performance only being two games into his AFL career. Yeah, he was great. And there are so many situations. And the, and the reason I think he's held his spot after um, well them losing and, and generally rookies are, are good scapegoats when swinging the axe, I think a big reason why is because there were so many efforts out in the wing where he'd make two or three tackles in one play, and they might not all be considered technical tackles by Champion Data, but they were like the type of tackles where he knocks the ball out in the tackle straight away and then makes a second effort, third effort, fourth effort. I thought it was excellent watching him, and he really stood out amongst uh, the Essendon players, a lot, a lot of whom, as you said, were a bit disappointing to watch. A few dropped their heads. Uh, around that three three quarter time mark, but he was really just pushing the whole game, and I'm I'm glad with the the short break he's been giving uh, another game and not a rest so early on. Um, but yeah, we should see him continue to, to score at sixty plus scores, which you know he's done with ease so far. I think the consistency is something I like because he's a contested player. He wins approximately fifty percent of his uh, possessions in a contested scenario, uh, take his first game, for example, no, uh, seven tu- uh, 17 touches with nine of them being contested. You're looking at about a half-and-half half ratio. He doesn't have to rely on his team winning possession for him to get the ball. That's a good thing. You're not looking at like a Jared Gartlett putting up a 21 when they're getting smashed. You've got uh, Guelph here who can go in and get his own ball. And he's put up scores of 69 and 72 in a win and a loss, and he's still got that consistency. So that is something that I'll, I, that appeals to me about him, and hopefully he stays in uh, for a little while longer because he's a, a decent-looking cash cow uh, for me in this situation. Uh, we'll jump into the next game, which is Collingwood versus Richmond. Uh, we've got a few changes on either side here, JB. Jared Blair, Josh Smith, Finn Appleby, Chris Main, and Brandon Sear coming in onto an extended bench. Travi Varco being rested, who basically cut up the uh, the Anzac Day. He was fantastic. Uh, on the Richmond side of things, Vlosten, Caddy, Graham, and Soldo all come in. It's going to be an interesting game here, JB, both coming off wins over the, the Anzac Day period and both having the short weeks. Uh, it is going to be a very good game, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the most frustrating thing looking at this game for Supercoach players is that it looks like Jack Higgins is going to cop another omission. And for his performance on the weekend, which was, I mean, everyone saw it for themselves. It was a great performance for someone only in his second game. The commentator said it about 512 times that he's a ready-made footballer. He skipped his schooling. Blah, 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 blah. He looks great. But you look at their extended bench, and it's Bachar Hurley, who, I mean, you'd obviously expect to play. Dion Prestia, who you'd 100% expect to play. Greek, who is their makeshift ruckman at the moment when uh, Nankovic is resting. Jack Graham is coming in off his suspension. And then Conker, Jaden Shaw, and Jack Higgins. So they need those three emergencies in, obviously, of that, that group on the interchange. And it looks like Jack Higgins is almost certainly going to be one. And it's just, yeah, I mean, if Dimmer's going to go that way, it's the same sort of tactic that Paul Ruse installed with uh, Petrarca not playing him as much as he possibly could in that first year just to sort of get his head right. But, I mean, I think he's a bit stiff if he gets dropped for that one. Jeez, I don't know about you, but he had a great performance. The problem is that the, the Tigers just don't have any real injuries per se that are going to let him have a, a spot in that side. So... You're even looking at guys like a shy Bolton that can't get a game right now. So 
Uh, it is going to be hard for Jack in his first year. Obviously, he's got fantastic pedigree and he's going to be a fantastic AFL uh, and Supercoach player in the uh, the future. But um, how good was his interview after the game? I couldn't stop cracking up at that. He's just uh, a genuine character, JB. And <laughs> I think I've watched that about four times and I'm still laughing. Um, a lot of people paid him out for that and, and just his ability to get through an interview. Uh, I mean... People people really harp on that with Tex Walker um, and his media skills being someone that obviously didn't do all their schooling and maybe a little bit you know antsy in, in front of a camera, especially for your, your second game. I loved it. I loved seeing the emotion. He was so happy. You could you could tell the whole time. Just wanted to have a laugh with the guys and and really you could tell rated his game, <laughs> but was really humble giving it to his teammates a lot as well. So um, I rated it. I loved the interview. I reckon we should see more of that from the young kids, more personality. Yeah, I rate it. And the thing is, I think I said on Twitter, JB, he just looks to me like if you catch him in the right light, he looks like a young Dane Zorko. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, he's, no, I see that. He's, he's got the hair. He's got the just the you know the 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 stocky arms and things like that. It just reminds me of Dane Zorko a little bit. So, um, he, he, I, I love the kid. He's going to be fantastic. Uh, we'll jump into the uh, the final game of the round, uh, the derby, uh, uh, West Coast Eagles versus Fremantle. Take us through that one there, JB. Yeah, so we've got Michael Johnson, Shane Kirsten, Ethan Hughes, Scott Jones, and Tommy Sheridan coming in for the injured Matt Taberner. And then on Eagles, so we have no omissions as of yet. Lewis Jetta, Jack, and you're going to have to pronounce this one for me, but is it Petricelli? Petricelli. Oh, close enough. Will Schofield and Fraser McInnes coming in. So uh, obviously we don't expect many of those on the extended bench to come in, but there are a couple of names there. And the, the debutant, potential debutant, what do you reckon his chances are, Chizo? Um, I think he's got pretty good chances being named on the ground. I don't usually think that you name someone for their debut on the ground and then like I'm not, I'm not sure what advantage they're going to get out of that. Uh, he's averaging 12 touches in the in the waffle uh, at the moment. Kicked four goals against Perth um, for their their waffle affiliate side. He's Perth on the weekend, so he's going to be coming in across that half forward line. Uh, the thing with Jack is that he uh, was he's a fantastic aerobic beast and he's super super quick. He is absolutely lightning. I'm pretty sure at the uh, the AFL Combine he was the fastest or the second fastest uh, in a couple of the uh, the sprint uh, repeated sprint tests and things like that. So he's going to run all day and he's going to be uh, putting some fantastic forward pressure on that. Um, the problem is uh, we've got the likes of Willie Rioli on the interchange on the extended bench and uh, even a Jake Waterman someone like that. JB we could be seeing some of these rookies that a few teams are relying on uh, not fitting in because of this debut. Yeah, definitely. And I can't actually tell you who's been underperforming. I know Rioli's been playing well, so I'd be uh, shocked if he was dropped. Waterman, on the other hand, with Kennedy coming in and Darling in there as well, being that medium type forward might be the one to make way, but he's made some good money already and, and shouldn't be out for too long depending on how the the debutant goes. My big question about this game, Chizo, is uh, one of the most popular trade-ins this week is Elliot Yo. The last time he and uh, West Coast and Fremantle played, I'm pretty sure, and I, I could be very wrong here, which I generally am, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Elliot Yo lined up on Fife as much as possible and played a bit of a run with roll. If that's a chance to happen again, we could see Yo score pretty poorly and a lot of people are relying on him uh, doing well this week. So what are your basic thoughts on that one, mate? Well, I'll give you a couple stats. In the round six game, uh, the Derby last year, he tagged Nat Fife, tagged Nat Fife out of the game, uh, reduced his influence, and got 150 super coach, JB. Ooh. 
he didn't get to play in the uh, the round 17 game against Frio uh, due to injury, I believe. So um, I, I guess the thing was when you're tagging a Brownlow medalist and a superstar in that five, he's going to be taking you to where the ball is. So even if he doesn't get it, you're probably going to get it yourself. So uh, Yo's definitely going to benefit in that aspect. The thing is, he's... I don't. Th- a lot of people are saying that Yo's bottomed out, but I'm not really sure you can say he's bottomed out when you know he's had majority of scores like above a hundred. Like all, all he needs to do is have an eighty, and he's going to start losing money again. Like he, he's not really dropped. He's not really made money. He's just kind of in between. He's going to bounce between, you know, maybe five hundred and six hundred k, or maybe not that much. You know, but you know, he's going to be within that hundred thousand mark all year. So. Um, potentially, uh, I think it was Pistol that said this to me. Actually, it, it, someone like a uh, a Michael Hurley might be better value because he looks to have uh, bottomed out to the lowest price that he might get to during the year. Whereas Yo, you can yeah, pick any given week in the year, you might be finding him at a reason reasonable price. He'll be bouncing around up and down all year. The Yo Yo that he is. Yeah, well, a couple of things about that. Firstly, Hurley obviously a lot more consistent, which is why. We consider what he his price is at now to be a bottom out. He did put up an 84 a couple of weeks ago. So um, there is the strong potential that he has actually bottomed out and he'll just score those low hundreds to to mid uh, 110s for the rest of the year. Yo is priced to average 99.5. So if he sub-tons, then he's going to drop in price. And all it takes, like you said, is a score of 80, 70, or even 27 like we saw just a couple of rounds ago. And he will drop again in price. So the urgency to get Elliot Yo in, I, I do understand he will be a top six defender. I can 100% agree with that. But the fact that people are rushing him in now and maybe even compromising other trades that they should be making, maybe a double downgrade or something, as there's a lot of good rookies on the on the bubble this week, it might not be the smartest move. But at the same time, how, many, how much can you knock a, a top six defender coming into your side for, for lower than what they were starting the year at? So... It could go either way, but I do agree. I don't think it's as urgent as what people are acting like it is. So someone that you could probably get in in a month's time at the same price as what he is now. Yeah, I I do agree with that. Uh, I think that the one thing that people are seeing is that he's had scores of 109, 105, 150, 114, and there's just that random 27 in between. That's what you get with Elite Yo. He's, he, he knows what he's doing. He is going to be a fantastic scorer on days that he's on, but he's just going to have that game where he just goes missing for no apparent reason. Um, they'll He changes role. They use him to tag Dangerfield forward all day, and he just doesn't score. So um, jump on the roller coaster and enjoy the ride because that's pretty much what's going to happen when you jump on Elite Yo. So um, enjoy that for those who are jumping on. Uh, the most traded in player this week, JB, David Mirror. In defense, bottom basement, 103,000. He played all right on the weekend, but he did make a few mistakes that do make me worried about his job security. Yeah, and he's someone that I haven't gotten in at this uh, point in time. Someone that I'm very interested by because obviously he's that 102k price. He doesn't need to do too much more than what he's already done to to really shoot up in price. But like you said, he's someone that puts together a bad game. He's playing for Hawthorne. They've got very high standards and... He could be the first to go, but they do have a lot of injuries in that back line. So I suppose it is unlikely that he goes out anytime soon and, and he just plays his role and continues to rack up those, I mean, around the 50s. So, I mean, 
I don't think he's an essential pick, but again, you can't really go wrong going down to such a low price and getting guaranteed money. Yeah. Uh, the only problem uh, for me with the, uh, I'm probably going to miss out on him because I have so many forward issues that I've got to, I've got to work with. I'm, I just can't cover them all at once. Uh, even if I do cover them all using two trades, I with Fritz, I could still end up with a donut. So I'm in a stage where I'm just trying to plug holes rather than pick up the best uh, rookie. So hopefully there's another couple in, in the weeks to come. Uh, I really need Jack Higgins to come through for me because um, I, I definitely, you know, I, I, I need him to play this game so I can cover another donut. So I'm in shambles, <laughs> shambles up forward line, mate. The boat's leaking and it's almost about time to jump ship. Um, we'll talk We'll talk through another, another couple of the guys that have been traded in this week. Robbie Gray, second most traded in. That's understandable, but he could be getting the Ben Jacobs this, uh, this week. Just keep that in mind. Uh, third most traded in option here, JB. Already gone up seventy five thousand. Already four hundred and fourteen thousand being traded in. The third most this week. That's Brett Deledio, JB. What are you, What are your thoughts on that? Well, he's cheap. He's cheap for what his output will be this season. I, I can guarantee you that. My issue with Deledio is I can't see him possibly playing and not missing any games for the rest of the season. And having said that, in such a, a crowded and strong forward line that we have the option of picking this year, he's someone that he, only one or two games he missed and he will fall out of that top six to eight bracket in the forward line. So someone that I'm not considering strongly, I feel like it's a trade that you'll be then trading again later on in the season. But hey, it's worth the pun if he's putting up these scores and, and running off that half-back line, Chizo. Well, that's the thing. In the first few rounds, he was playing in the forward pocket, getting a little bit of fitness not really playing a role that is conducive to you know his talents. The last two rounds, he's been named on a back flank, a back pocket, playing a completely different role, helping them get out of the back line. Um, admittedly, he has been spending a little bit of time up on the ball and you know in, across the forward line, things like that. But that was genuinely what he... There was a change in role, and now he's been named back in the forward pocket. I'm worried if that was just a two-week stint here, JB, and he's going. They're they're changing back to a similar role for them, particularly with Toby Green out. Toby Green could be a big uh, puzzle piece in this scenario. We could see Deledio going forward to play for Toby Green or his spot, and that's something that's really worrying for me because he just wasn't scoring what he was. Um, and Deledio, we've always known, has been a fantastic scorer, but his absolute golden years were as, as a running half back. So if he's transferring back to the forward line, I have really, really big issues that he might be able to continue this scoring because um, it's the role changes that are interesting to me. And if you're, you're trading him in at 414K, he's a, he's a keeper. You're not trading him to make money off him. He's already gone up uh, $75,000. So. Uh, just keep that in mind. I, I, I'd be really sure that you know what you're doing because um, that's a little bit uh, on the edge for me. Uh, fourth most traded in this week is Isaac Heaney again. Without Buddy, he could be impacted a little bit. And uh, Blake Akers, seagulling across the halfback line. Have you seen his heat map, JB? Blake Akers? No, I actually oh, haven't yet. Mate, I, I looked it up the other day because uh, I've been hearing, I think I talked about it on the other podcast, it literally looks like Pac-Man. It's it, it's just 
from uh, the centre wing, round the back flank, across half back, round to the other wing. There's nothing in the midfield. There's nothing at the top of the 50 in the forward line. It's literally Pac-Man. He's just running around seagulling the ball, doing a locking hunter just around the back. So, um, the Brendan Goddard, you mean? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. That's It's perfect super coach, isn't it? Because, you know, he's not getting any pressure. Unless he's, like, absolutely killing a side with his disposal efficiency, then they're not going to put any pressure on him. So uh, he could potentially be putting this up for a, a little while longer. We'll look on the most traded outside here, JB. Obviously, Jared Gartlett. Uh, a lot of teams are just getting sick of him. 213K, you've made a profit of 95K. That's uh, about all you can expect from uh, the 2018 Jared Pickett. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's a bit harsh. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> the second most traded out, Michael Hibbard. Uh, too many people are sick of him already. He's gone down 90K and they're all jumping ship. I'm with you, mate. I'm holding at this stage. As well as the uh, the second, uh, sorry, the third and fourth most traded out, Toby Green and Andrew Brayshaw. I'm not sure what, you know why you're trading at Andrew Brayshaw after he uh, he puts up his highest score for the year. We've been saying that the whole year that um, he just needs you know he just needs one good score and it resets his break even. So um, uh, that one's a little bit interesting to me. Obviously he's uh, named or second last on the extended bench after Mitchie Croden. So uh, potentially he could be dropped for this game, but. After his best game for the year, um, uh, uh, hopefully he gets another game there, JB. And Aaron Norton. Aaron Norton uh, has a break-even of seven, and he's the fifth most traded-out person. JB, I think... Yeah, that- you, can tell people, you can tell people are trying to cash in on those mirrors and, and Guilfie. So, I mean, they're just trading out whoever they think might not make much more money and getting them in. And that's why I don't think mirror is as essential as everyone's acting like, because... Depends on what you're trading out. I'll trade out a Bonner, but at the same time, that still compromises my my scoring structure or what I thought my scoring structure would be uh, with Bonner. I mean, expected to average 70. Now you're going down to someone expected to average 50. So I think it's a very awkward situation. And unless you've got someone like Murphy sitting on the bench and you, you just want to cash in on that 50K, then there's not a whole lot of rush getting in mirror. I think you'll be about the same player as what you've already got in. And those players are already making you money. So uh, we'll jump into the captaincy, uh, Chizo. So it's going to be a tough week. Thankfully, West Coast playing that last game and we have a lot of loophole options. Now, I've got a sneak preview. Uh, the Hugs only sent me this in the last 20 minutes. We'll get it up on the website, uh, obviously, when this is being released. He's got his top three vice captaincy options as number one being Patrick Dangerfield, number two being Robbie Gray, and number three being your boy Tom Mitchell. And then the three captaincy options are Nat Fife at number one, Brody Grundy at number two, and then Big Maxi Gorn at number three. So a lot to take out of this. Those who have Patrick Dangerfield, it might be one of your last weeks that you can really cash in on this point of difference uh, captaincy pick. And those who have Tom Mitchell, I think he's the obvious go-to for vice-captaincy. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely don't. Oh, there's nothing more that I can say to that, JB. That's uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. And you're absolutely right on that point with Paddy Dangerfield because he did put up a 35, uh, 135 last week. Imagine if he put up a 35. That'd be brilliant. Um, Ooh, 135 geez. last week. It, it's it's tough. He's averaging 117. He's had such a shocking start to the year. Can you imagine being that good at something? I can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, and he's got a break even 154. So even if he goes absolutely nuts this week, um, potentially he could just hold ground. You can pick him up next week. That's why the double downgrade for me is going to be so beneficial this week because I'll be able to pick him up next week and um, make use of that 100 100- 100k that he's dropped, which is uh, uh, something I was looking forward to. Um, 
you're absolutely right. We've talked about Tommy Mitchell. He's going to be a good a good option. Fife's on fire. Uh, I, I noticed that there's been no mention of Dusty Martin there, JB, coming up against Collingwood. Um, we saw that Sidebottom has been doing a few run run with roles, particularly when he went against uh, Adelaide and, and tore it up. Are you worried that that's going to be uh, uh, causing a bit of an issue against the Tigers? I think I'm more concerned about his amount of time spent up forward. He's been spending an astronomical amount of time up forward and... It's just not changing. They're not they're not mixing it up a lot. And he he played a lot forward last week. And although he when he popped in the midfield, he got a bunch of effective disposals, got to thirty odd for the quarter, got to you know the fifty five for the the half, and and kept doing dusty things. He still fell short of the the time because when it was there to be one in the midfield, he was resting up forward, and and someone like Jack Rewalt was kicking the goals. He will get lucky a lot of weeks and, and bag five or six goals and score those massive scores, but. That won't happen every week, and it's just the type of thing that you, you it's hard to put your captaincy or vice-captaincy on him, especially when he's playing in the last uh, or second-to-last game of the round, and, and just entrusting him to get those five or six goals because, I mean, it's not going to happen every week. And even if he kicked three goals in the weekend, he would have only had 120. So I say only, but for a captaincy with Tom Mitchell scoring 150s and... And Dangerfield and Fife and Gorn all scoring 150s, it's you know it's hard to sort of trust those players that might only put out a 110. Yeah, and you know we've seen scores of 139, 160, 141 from him, and then when he gets trapped up forward, we've seen scores of 93 and 91. So it's hard to determine what day it's going to be for Dusty Martin. So um, luckily for this week, uh, you don't get uh, aren't forced into choosing him like I was last week when. Uh, uh, my VC went a little bit sideways, JB, and at the very last second, uh, <laughs> I, I suggested we all go Maxi Gorn once it started uh, getting a little bit damp, a little bit rainy, and then I was the only one that forgot to change it. So that, that was that, that, that's a three-week rolling average of captaincy of ninety-two point five. So I'm bloody. I mean, it was a good, it was good advice. Oh, it was great advice. I didn't give it to myself, did I? Gave, gave it to everyone else. Yeah, that that was fantastic. You're a giver, not a taker. We've we've always said that about you, Cheezo. I'm happy about that. Imagine having Nat Fife and Gorn in your side, both getting 151 and not taking either of their scores. That's. I mean, I couldn't imagine that because I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I'm frustrated, uh, mate. Hey, it's. I think I think that sums up a lot of people's weeks, though. Seeing all the ins and outs. Seeing all our superstars getting tagged or resting forward, seeing a second Ruckman come in for Brisbane, all these things just scream such frustration from coaches. Hearing nothing from GWS, it's like they don't even exist. It is just so frustrating. Jack Higgins, we don't know what's happening with him. He's going to be in and out. Hunter Clark's in and out. Barry's been in and out. Murphy's not back in, but he's fit. It's just, it's a very confusing time. I think a lot of people are frustrated, Chizo. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll try and see some uh, some light at the end of the tunnel. Let's talk about a couple of guys that uh, we've already talked about, Elio, Elliot Yo. We've talked about Michael Hurley. They've both got low break-evens. You can jump on them if you want to this week, uh, both averaging over 100. Zachy Merritt had his return to form after a little bit of a concussion there, JB. Uh, a, B, a break-even of 64, only averaging 77. He's gone down 114K. You can pick up Zach Merritt who's gone for 40 games at an average of 110 over the last two years, you can pick him up for 485000 JB. Is this the time to jump on? Yeah, well, it's a bargain. And you pretty much have to make a judgment call within yourself as to whether he's going to be a top uh, 8 to 10 midfielder from here on out. And if you think he is going to be and you don't pick him up, then I'm not sure why you're playing Supercoach. 
for me personally, I think there's still a chance he doesn't make that top eight to ten because he has been a little iffy on the concussion and has been seen being tagged out of a game already this year. Um, that makes me a little bit skeptical, but at the end of the day, he's a bargain and he's shown that he can score an average 110 plus and there's no reason that he's not going to do that from now to the end of the season unless something unforeseen happens or, or someone else really goes to him to negatively influence his role. So to me, it's a relatively safe pick, but personally, I'm more uh, in the boat of waiting for someone like Clayton Oliver or, or Matt Crouch to drop down. I've, I've already started with six premium midfielders, so I don't have a lot of breathing room. Yeah, and uh, I suppose we should, uh, uh, another one coming down that we should look at, we shouldn't get too, uh, uh, you know, getting tunnel vision and just wanting to get up Dangerfield. And there's a, a few people that didn't start Tommy Mitchell there. Um, he is only in 58% of teams. He's got a break even of 211. Even Tommy Mitchell is going to struggle to get to that because uh, <laughs> he's not as damaging as, say, a Dangerfield that. You know, if Dangerfield had 50 touches, he would have scored a 380. Um, he's actually $11,000 cheaper than he was at the start of the year, and he's got a break-even of 211. So potentially he's projected to go down. Uh, if he scores 125 this week, you can still pick him up for 605 k next week for a Tommy Mitchell before he resets his break-even. So don't get tunnel vision. Look at these guys because there's a couple uh, that are coming up that if we, uh, we don't keep our eyes open, we might miss out on them, JB. Yeah, Titch is a bargain, and he's he's going to become more of a bargain. And if you didn't start him, this is what you're waiting for, the the type of score that enables you to pick him up for a cheaper price. And although he's not at Zachy Merritt's price, there's obviously a, a huge differential in their prices. He's at a cheap price for himself, so you really have to make your judgment call again. Uh, will he be a top eight midfielder? I assume he'll be a top three midfielder. So it's a bit of a no-brainer. Those who didn't start in those 42% of teams, that should creep up beyond 60% in the next three weeks, I'd assume. Awesome. And the, the last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up for today, JB, is uh, coming towards the end. We've had a few donators to uh, our Cancer Council, our Donate for Donuts campaign that we do with the uh, the Cancer Council Victoria every year. Uh, we've almost hit 800 bucks uh, for the year so far, JB. We've had three donators um, this year. Uh, oh, sorry, in this uh, this past week. General Saunas, one of our Twitter favorites, uh, Essendon lad, always loves retweeting anything I have to say about Essendon, so shout out to General. <laughs> uh, he's put in a, a fantastic uh, a, a donation. Uh, it says, Blood of Rip bloody ripper cause i'm uh, uh, happy to get behind good work gents keep it up uh, on both sides of the mic so um uh, fantastic from general uh, the woodsman love the podcast keep it up another donation and kevin uh we appreciate the uh donate for donuts jumping on board for uh bailey fritch last week mate hopefully you don't have to donate hopefully i don't have to donate again this week because uh i'm at 50 uh, 50 bucks a donut this year jb i could be uh, putting in 100 bucks this weekend by the way things are going <laughs> well, hopefully not, but then again, hopefully you do because it's a great place. <laughs> but um, me personally, I have two weeks off from the Higgins tax, which is a bit of a blessing for whoever's versing North Melbourne, which is uh, Port Adelaide this week, so thank you. <laughs> but at the same stage, I won't get to see Higgins play, so it's it's also a curse, and I'm a little bit upset about it, and I, I actually don't want to talk about it. Look, I, I think that, that actually... Uh, 
it confirms my 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 thoughts here, JB. Because he's not going to be around for two weeks, there's no chance for you to do the donate for donuts anyway. So I think last yeah, week definitely enough. counts. So you, you have to chuck in again this yeah, week. Yeah, I'll pay it. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely pay it. Well, I, quite I, I literally. thought about that halfway through the podcast and I was like, yeah, no, that, that probably made a good call here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. It's been fantastic having you on, wrapping up another Thursday podcast. It's uh, uh, lovely having you on the show. You, you're pretty much converted to a Thursday night specialist here, mate. Uh, you do struggle a little bit after b-ball on thursdays or here's an announcement cheeso i quit thursdays i'm done (laughs) you're sick of me sick of me it's well it's 11 p.m i've played basketball i only scored eight points a couple of three bombs and i'm a little upset by that it wasn't my best performance we did win by 30 so you know i'm not too upset about the the victory but i'm very tired cheeso and i can't be my my blunt best when i'm this tired so (laughs) I think we were, we were both a little grouchy. You didn't get the W in Fortnite earlier, and and I didn't get fifty points. So let's just uh, let's let's move me off the Thursdays and on to the Tuesdays. I reckon that <laughs> sounds all right, mate. Uh, appreciate you being on there, mate. Uh, we'll catch you later, community. Have a good weekend.